Well, my my background is I am the second of nine kids. I was raised in uh, in Minnesota, and I I grew up in a saint's home. I, my dad wasn't a preacher, uh, neither was my mom for that matter, except for those kids anyway. I uh, felt the call to preach at 12 years old. I preached my first message when I was 13. My dad began to pastor uh, in Austin, Minnesota when I was 17 years old, and so I started preaching a little bit more there. I uh, went to Gateway College when I was 18, graduated in 2004. I uh, did a couple internships uh, during the summers when I was at Bible school. My last year of Bible school uh, in 2004, after I graduated, I interned at uh, the Life Church in Kansas City with Brother Stan Gleason, and then I went to uh, Alexandria, Louisiana for four months and was a part of the uh, Pentecostals of Alexandria Training Center with at the Mangans Church there in Alexandria. From 2004, I evangelized full-time for about three years. I, I spent a year uh, at Gateway College as a campus pastor. I uh, was a student pastor uh, working in evangelism in Poplar Bluff, Missouri from 2008 to 2010. And since then, I've been the assistant pastor uh, here in Belleville, Illinois. So that's kind of my background. Uh, one of the things that I started last year, as Brother Genta mentioned earlier, is that I started a, a website and a ministry called Ministry Mentorship. Uh, the website is ministrymentorship.com, and I would love for you to check that out. You can become a uh, subscriber. If you um, go to the page, you'll find a, a link on the upper right-hand corner in the sidebar and become a subscriber to the website. We, we do uh, interviews with apostolic leaders to connect them with young people and just some great resources. Uh, part of my burden and desire to help young ministers grow in their ministry and we also do have we have a Facebook page, uh, Facebook backslash Ministry Mentorship. We'd love for you to check it out. So let's talk about uh, mentoring. This is the, the title of my session tonight is Mentorship, Making the Connection. So we're talking about mentorship and, and specifically uh, connecting with mentors in our lives. So when, when we're talking about mentoring, I, I believe one of the purposes uh, for mentoring is defined by Webster, someone who teaches or gives help and advice to a less experienced and often younger person. So Webster says that, that mentoring is teaching, giving help, and we find that Jesus practiced mentoring. In, in Matthew 4, he called his disciples. In Luke chapter 5, we find him uh, choosing his inner circle, those three, uh, Peter, James, and John, that spent time with Jesus, that he taught them, he advised them, and they were some of the uh, main uh, participants in the early uh, apostolic revival. The apostles practiced mentoring, Paul, uh, Barnabas and Paul, in Acts chapter 9. Paul is kind of a newbie on the scene, and Barnabas sort of takes him under his wing, becomes a friend to him, introduces him before the council, kind of gives him an idea of what's going on. And, and we need those kind of relationships. You have Paul and Timothy. Paul refers to Timothy as his son in the gospel. And the books we know in the Bible that were specifically written to Timothy from Paul for encouragement and for instruction, for helping him in his ministry. So, so mentorship is biblical, and I, I believe it's very critical to the life of a minister. If you're looking in more modern examples of the 20th century, you have uh, Andrew Urshan, the, the great patriarch of the Urshans that came over from Syria. He had a son, Nathaniel Urshan. Most of us know him as the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church for many years. Uh, great mentoring relationship. 
Also, uh, G.A. Mangan, Anthony Mangan, most of us uh, have heard of because of the times or been a part of that, seen the videos, heard the CDs. A great relationship between a father and son, mentoring, impacting their lives. Uh, if you look in the 21st century, more modern, even more modern examples, you have uh, Terry Schock, Anthony Mangan, uh, the transition there of pastoring. Uh, you have forums. We have a lot of forums taking place now online, Facebook. Again, my ministry mentorship website is a lot of things that are happening uh, because it's, it's very important because it's a way that God develops people through others. So we don't come to ministry thinking, well, this is just, you know, I'm just going to learn everything and do everything on my own. No, we have to uh, grow and develop. Scripture says iron sharpeneth iron. We have to have people in our lives that will develop us, help us. A couple different types of mentors uh, that I that I have noticed. I uh, was at a meeting one time, and Brother Mike Williams from Apopka, Florida, was speaking. He talked about two different types of mentor relationships. The first one he said is that there are people in your life who are like the sun, who are consistent. Uh, they're there every day. They're there, uh, rain or shine, snow or sleep. It doesn't matter. They're going to be there every day. They're working. Uh, as a farmer working in a field or, or the sun. And uh, that's like your pastor, your parents. Those are it's people in your life that are there uh, week in and week out, your grandparents, uh, maybe somebody at school that's going to be. And then he said there are people who are like thunderstorms. So they, they break in at a specific time to give us direction and growth in, in specific areas. So we need both of those types of mental relationships in our lives. We need to have that, that pastor relationship, that that uh, person in our local congregation, our parents, our, our spouse, if we're married. Uh, you know, we, we have to have those people that help us and work with us. Uh, then we also have those thunderstorms, those, those times where we're greatly impacted, maybe in a short amount of time. But we need both of those types of mentors in our lives. I want to talk a little bit about the mentorship landscape. And I think we've, we've seen, first of all, a cultural shift. We have... Uh, a culture that's very much involved in the do-it-yourself. There's a lot of websites that, that have tutorials. If I were to get a show of text messages here on our phones to say how many of you would text in yes and say that you have ever watched a tutorial on YouTube or read a tutorial uh, or asked for help on your Facebook page, most of us would say have a resounding yes. We, we've done all that. We've been helped. And people are relying more uh, on reviews. You've got things like Amazon reviews, you've got CNET, you've got Yelp. These are, these are big, big businesses that are involved in, in helping people give a voice to a certain product and give reviews. Uh, we're more connected with our leaders culturally. Anyone can comment on Twitter feeds, Facebook pages, social media. It's very easy to connect with, with mentors and, and those that are in leadership uh, and those that we respect because they're more readily available on the Internet. So you have uh, things like forums where people are getting together. They're interacting. You can, you can talk uh, live chat with someone, whereas you probably couldn't do that uh, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, not only cultural shift, but there's an organizational or church shift. So I think we saw this starting with Brother Haney. I think... You know, he started, instituted a Passing the Mantle conference. Uh, I'm sorry, not a conference, but a service. And there's an emphasis on 
elders reaching out towards the younger generation. We, there were talk points that were instituted in districts where uh, ministers could sit down and talk with elder ministers and ask questions and, and interact. So we're seeing a greater connection not only in our culture but even in our organization. Uh, we have several districts that are doing young ministers conferences. They're, they're more supportive of young ministers in general. And speaking specifically from a young minister's perspective, I know there's probably people that wouldn't consider themselves a young minister, but uh, I, I do think that we're seeing intergenerational ministry transitions, and, and this is becoming a very, very important part of our movement. We kind of went through a time about eight to ten years ago, I'd say, that, that there were some people that were in leadership, uh, younger guys, I'd say between the 30s and 40s, uh, that, that decided they weren't going to, uh, uphold the apostolic doctrine. So there's kind of a bad taste uh, in the apostolic movement saying, you know, well, we don't know what these guys are going to do. But I think we've gotten beyond that and we're starting to see uh, some progressiveness there. We, we've got our general conferences uh, a couple years ago, it may have been last year, that we've got speakers that are young people. Uh, Luke Levine last year, Angela Harwood a couple years ago. So they're bringing in that younger generation. And, and I feel like that this is, this is the hour, this is the opportunity, that if you uh, are looking to connect with someone to develop and strengthen your ministry, that now is the time, that this is a very, very critical stage in the apostolic movement. It's important to, to take a step forward uh, in the mentorship relationships that you want. So there's a couple levels that I think that you can go in, in mentorship. And sometimes, and I know I've done this where I look at somebody and I'll say, man, I wish I could have that kind of a relationship that they have uh, with the pastor, with a certain minister, uh, whatever that may be. And and I think we see this in, in Jesus as well when he had the inner circle. He had the, the three that were the guys that he hung out with, the guys that he was really working with and mentoring. But he also uh, had 70 that he sent out. So he sent out the 12 apostles. He sent out the 70 and, and I feel like you may not be able to get into the top three, but you can for sure get into the 70. Okay, so the point is that you may, you may not be able to spend really, really close time with the person that you want, but that doesn't mean you can't connect to them and uh, at least get in on the fringes of what they have to offer and, and still be a part of the ministry. So how do we do that? First of all, in, in these levels of ministry, the first one would be reading books, uh, articles. You can you can gain insight from people. They're 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 sharing their thoughts, their ideas through their writings, and it's it's inexpensive. It's readily available. You can read stuff everywhere on the internet. You can buy books, and and one of the things that is important to do as you're looking through books and articles is is really trying to uh, differentiate between those that have the head knowledge. And those that are writing from experience, I think that's that's critical when we're when we're gaining information and trying to sort through some of these things. It takes very little to be involved. Uh, you you know you don't have to go to a conference to buy a book on Amazon. Uh, so you've got books and articles. Second thing, you've got social media. You now for a long time, I had alerts for those that I wanted to emulate. So when I first started in social media, I said, well, how, who am I going to pattern my my social, my posts, my regular, my frequency, whatever, who am I going to pattern this after? And, and I had certain people that I followed uh, that I would get alerts every time they posted something to just kind of see how they did it to learn from them. 
and then watching those people that, that you want to emulate. Uh, watch how they interact with others. Watch how they converse together on, on uh, Facebook, social media. It's inexpensive, easy to access. You can watch from afar. You don't have to, you, know, you don't have to say anything. You could, you could uh, follow or not. I mean, it's, there's no involvement really. A third um, level would be video and audio. You know, everybody, when I was growing up, you don't have it so much anymore, but everybody had the box of Lee Stone King tapes, the box of Jeff Farrell. You know, Lee Stone King say, I want all of you beautiful people to know something tonight. If you can feel what I feel and know what I know, then you can do what I do. So you had the you had the Lee Stone King tape, then you had the Jeff Arnold tapes, and he'd he'd be like he'd be a little different approach, you know. But yeah, you slime bags, I'm going to save you 42 years of Bible school with this next statement, you know. So so that's that's what I grew up on. I grew up on on those tapes, listening to them. I would listen for hours, and it really impacted my ministry. Uh, you also have nowadays you have churches that that will produce video archives, so you can go to their church website. They'll have a podcast. We'll have a website. Uh, I do a podcast with Ministry Mentorship. We have about, I think we just put out our 45th podcast uh, with, with some of the top leadership, especially in the United Pentecostal Church. So there's very little involvement. It's inexpensive, easy to access, uh, very, very simple to, to connect with mentors in that sense. The fourth level would be conferences and seminars. Now, you're going to get more into a cost. Uh, you're going to have to go, get a hotel room, food, going to cost you something to get there, but there's a greater return. You, you have more opportunities for interaction, more involvement. So, so the higher your level of involvement, the greater the connections that will be made. And, and one thing that I see in mentoring uh, is that it, a lot of times showing up is just part of growth. I mean, it, a lot of times people don't grow because they don't show up for anything. They, they're not at any of the conventions or camps or whatever. So part of uh, growing in mentoring relationships is in just showing up, being at places. Uh, you're you're going to be more likely to find a mentor. And I tell people that are single, young people that are talking to me, you know, oh, I just, I'm, you know, I want to find somebody. And I'm like, well, what are you doing sitting at home? Why why don't you go, you know, you need to go to this hyphen event. You need to go over here and go to a singles conference. Why don't you go to general conference? Go to youth congress, you know. Get out there, uh, and the greater your involvement, the greater your opportunities to meet people, the greater your opportunities for connections. So conferences and seminars are a great way uh, to make connections. The fifth thing that I want to talk about is the personal connection. And this is probably the most involved uh, from, from both angles because you're making a conscious effort to connect. There's time. There's effort uh, that's going to be expended. There's, there's a long-term commitment uh, potentially on the part of you and that mentor. So these are just some things to consider as you look toward the mentoring process, these are just some levels of mentorship uh, that you can get into. And then I uh, want to talk just a little bit about playing it safe. You know, we, we, have to, we have to decide what our values are. We have to decide what's, what's really, really important to us. And, and for me, one of those things is my apostolic identity. So uh, when I look for mentors, when I look at people that I want to speak into my life, one of the things that I want to do is, is stay away from the edge. So uh, I, I want to keep an eye on people and, and, and listen to what others are saying. And I think if we listen to the body of Christ, I don't think we're going to have a problem staying away from the edge. But, 
but the most important thing, obviously, is staying connected to your pastor. I think that's a given. But we need to play it safe. You know, your, your future is at stake. You're, you're at the end of your ministry, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. Uh, that mentor that's in your life is going to be giving you direction and helping you make some, some decisions. So really, we need to play it safe, keep our apostolic identity, listen to the body, very, very critical part uh, of, of the mentorship relationship. So let's talk about steps for connecting with mentors. And I believe that I have uh, three just in this section here. So let's talk about uh, steps to connecting with mentors. First of all, and I just mentioned this a minute ago, but we need to pray. We need to ask God for direction. And the truth is that, that God knows what we need even before we pray. And a lot of times, prayer is just is aligning our will with God's will. Abraham's oldest servant was sent out uh, in in Genesis. He's going to find a wife for Isaac, and Isaac, uh, Abraham sends him out. Says, "Okay, listen, I want you to go find a wife for my son. Here, this servant is working for uh, Abraham. He wants to see his master's will fulfilled. So he's, he's working for uh, his lord, his master. And so he reaches the appointed place." And uh, he says, uh, let, you know, whoever comes up, uh, whoever says, let down your pitcher uh, to drink, and then says, you know, I want to feed the camels too, he says, let that be the person that you have appointed for your servant Isaac. He said, that's how I know that you showed kindness unto my master. So he's saying, Lord, let me know who the right person, who's the right person for this situation. God, let me tap into it. And, and make that connection that you want me to make. And so I think it's critical that we have prayer when we're seeking after a mentor relationship because, you know, we really have to have the right desires. We have to have the right motives when we're going into a mentoring relationship. We have to, to really search our heart and say, God, you know, where am I going? What are, what, are, what are the things that you're speaking to me about? Where is it that you want me to end up? Where is it that you want me to go? in my walk with you and in my ministry. And, and so we have to have the right desires. We have to ask, secondly, for the right things. So we, we have to have the right desires and we have to ask for the right things. We have to ask specifically, God, this is what I'm looking for. I want uh, someone to help me in this area. And I believe God answers those kind of prayers. So we're talking about prayer, and the first one in, in prayer is asking God for direction. The second thing we're talking about is asking God for placement. When we pray, we ask God for placement. God, help me to know what is the fit for my ministry. Because you're not going to connect with everybody. You're not going to gel with everybody. And so you have to ask God to place me in the right path, at the right place, in the right time. Psalm 37 and verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So we have to ask God, say, God, Put me in the right place. Put me in, in, in the right pew at the right moment, at the right aisle, at the right conference, or whatever. God, put me in the right place so that I can, can find that fit in this mentoring relationship. And then when we're praying, the third thing we do when we pray is we ask God for courage. Now, sometimes we, we can be overcome with fear and say, well, that person would never want to talk to me, or, or I could never, you know, I could never connect with that person and no that's not true that that that's fear and we need to ask God for courage Lord help me to have the strength to make the move that you want me to make and uh, to fulfill 
the calling that you placed in my life. So the first thing we do is pray. The second thing when we're talking about steps for connecting with, with mentors is, is we need to do our homework. So the second thing is doing our homework. Uh, the Bible talks about knowing those that labor among you. We have to know who the people are uh, that are out there. One of the ways, and, and I did this as a kid for, for years, as a, as a young person, as a teenager, even now, whenever I get the Herald, whenever I see a magazine at the church, whether it's a district magazine, whether it's the Herald, the Forward, whether it's a magazine from our Bible colleges, uh, you've got CLC, Stockton has a magazine that send, they send out, uh, Indiana Bible College has a magazine they send out. Uh, and and I will take these and I'll look through them, I'll, I'll scan the pages, I'll look who's writing the articles, I will look for pictures, for names, try to make associations, and it helps me to know who the people are and what their expertise is. So another way we can do that is, is looking at websites. Uh, maybe there's a church that is a large church or they have a, a podcast or they have a video archive. Look through those video archives. Look through those podcasts. Find out who's preaching in their church. Find out who they have that comes uh, and ministers in their congregation. Uh, and And... Uh, knowing who those people are is, is important. And then while we're doing our homework, we also have to ask for referrals. You know, maybe you could ask some other young person, you know, hey, who's, uh, you know, who's hot right now on the evangelistic field or who's uh, ministering in, in the gifts of the Spirit or, or something like that. So we can, we can uh, know who's laboring among us. We ask for referrals. And then another way, which is what you guys are doing right now, if you're on this conference call, you've probably seen this, on a forum, uh, which is also very important. Look on the forum, see who's getting involved, uh, see who the people are. Do your research on social media. Check out their Facebook page. Check out their Twitter page. Uh, really try to do your homework to see who that person is and if that's the kind of person that you want to, with whom you want to connect. And the third thing I want to talk about with um, with connecting. Uh, with mentors. First of all is pray. Secondly, do your homework. The third thing is targeting. And then really uh, honing down the areas in your life that you want to that you want to try to improve and, and grow and develop. For example, there may be somebody that's a specialist in their field. Now if if I was gonna if I was trying to grow as a doctor, uh, I would probably try to do an internship at a doctor's office. If I'm trying to grow uh, as you know, in my fishing skills, I'm going to go hang around somebody that, that knows how to catch five, six, eight-pound bass, okay? And uh, I, I felt a chill right there because I love bass fishing. Uh, one of the guys that, that's very in, involved in second-man leadership uh, is Terry Schock. Uh, maybe Brother Mooney, apologetics, education. Uh, another guy would be Raymond Woodward that, that has a very strong teaching and pastoral ministry. You know, if you're looking for church growth, David Bernard, uh, he's also organizational leadership, doctrine, uh, church planning. Maybe you're going to look at uh, Jimmy Tony, Scott Sistrunk, uh, Stan Gleason for young ministers, uh, someone that loves young ministers, loves young people. Maybe uh, one of the guys that I've really connected with in my local area is, is Brother Tracy, Gary Tracy from New Life in St. Louis. And I look to him in, in for the spirituality aspect, the spiritual insight that he has, a man of prayer, a man who's very uh, in tune with the Spirit, and that's the kind of person that I'm looking for. So uh, we, we, we look at different areas of our life, and we have to say, uh, what am I trying to accomplish in the mentoring relationship? 
So am I looking for a specialist in a certain field? Uh, another area that we may target is, is age. So am I going through a life situation? Am I going through a midlife crisis? Am I going through, uh, you know, marriage? Am I going through dealing with my children? You know, do I need someone to help me in life experience? Uh, maybe in a certain region you're going to look for a mentor. I'm, I'm looking for somebody that uh, is in, like for me, I've got people in St. Louis. I live in Belleville. St. Louis is about 45 minutes away. And so I, I often go and connect with some uh, people over there because they're regional. Then there's other people that uh, I may call them every now and then that they live, you know, a thousand miles away. So is this a similar situation that you're in? Another target would be success. You know, is there someone that's doing what you want to do? For example, if I was pastoring a church or maybe, uh, you know, I'm an assistant pastor, so I may talk to somebody that is an assistant pastor that, uh, like Terry Shock, someone that has grown in their ministry, someone that has uh, taken great responsibility and, and really been a great blessing and a help. So are they doing what I want to do? Uh, that's the kind of person that I want to be around. And then we, we also, uh, when we're targeting, when we're thinking about this, we, we really need to identify the areas of growth that we want to achieve or develop. So we have to look at ourselves and say, what's the area that I want to develop? And, and the truth of the matter is, no person is good at everything. There's no one person that, that you could say could mentor you in all areas of your life. And, and I say that you know, respectfully. You're willing to, you, you can argue with me on that. But what I've found is that everybody has strengths in some areas. And then in other areas, uh, it's, it, it, could be, it could be a weakness. So uh, that's the beauty of the body of Christ, that where one person is, um, is the eye, the other person is the ear. So we have all these different ministries, and I think it's great. And I think we need to have uh, those different kinds of ministries that we connect with. So when you're looking at uh, ministries, just to summarize uh, this, when we're connecting with ministers, we, we need to pick out the best in people. Uh, try to really find out what their niche is and what is their expertise. So I want to talk about uh, the four C's of organic connection. Now, this is just when we're, when we're trying to connect with mentors, it's going to happen just organically. In other words, it, there, there's not a lot of prep work. You know, you're not really pushing and trying to make this happen. But the four C's uh, in connecting with mentors, first one is church. So uh, when you're in church, you go to church every Sunday, and you have ministers that come through, you have elders, you have your pastor, you have those relationships. Uh, after the services, maybe a revival service, maybe a special service on Sunday, uh, you could ask that person uh, with your pastor's permission, you know, hey, would you mind if I just ask you a couple of questions? And uh, most of the time they'll be very open to it and, and they're willing that, that they know that if your pastor approves of it, uh, that he's already working with you, that he accepts your ministry, accepts what you're doing, and they're going to be more inclined to, to pour into your life at that point. And you know what? Uh, most pastors want want that. They, they want their young people, their elder ministry, they want them to connect with that minister that comes uh, to visit. 
maybe uh, going out to eat with the minister, asking, you know, would it be possible sometime uh, if I could come out to eat and just, uh, when you go out to eat with the minister, just sit there and listen. You know, don't don't talk. Just let the pastor, let the minister talk, and let them. You just sit there and listen. And and if if something, you know, if it comes up, if the opportunity's right, you know, ask a question here and there. But uh, going out to eat with them during the service, uh, after the church service, whatever, going up to the, the minister, visiting minister, pastor, whoever it is, and just say, listen, will you pray for me? Will you pray that God will work in me? Will you, uh, you know, pray over me? Pray that God will uh, work in my life. And whatever you feel to pray or say into my life, you know, you take your liberty. So the first one is church. second one is conferences. And uh, if you're in ministry, there's things that they have. There's sectional conferences, uh, district conference. There's general conference, which, which I would encourage people that want to be involved uh, in ministry to go to general conference. I think that's a critical place uh, to meet people because when you go to general conference, you go to sectional and district conference, you're going to be able to connect with people. You're going to be able to meet people as you're walking down the hall, uh, as you stop at the drinking fountain, uh, you're going to just connect with people in a, in a non-set-up way. And one of the things that I think is, is good to do is to bring your family to those type, to those places. Bring, bring your spouse with you if you're married. Introduce yourself to people. You have to be able to, to at least put yourself out a little bit. Another, another thing at conferences, is, uh, like especially general conference, is I, I work the hotels. You know, I'll, I'll go... If I'm walking through the lobby of the hotel, I'll just start walking a little bit slower. And, and if there's someone there, I'll you know, greet them, introduce myself to them. You never know who you're going to connect with. You never know who's going to be there and, and what's gonna, what that relationship is going to grow into. So the second one is conferences. The third one is camps. Now, camp meeting, uh, most districts have a camp meeting. And I think that's a great way uh, to connect with ministers, to connect with mentors, and, and to find people that are in, in that field that you want to be mentored in. Uh, for example, there may be, you know, at your district conference, or, or I'm sorry, not district conference, but your camp meeting, uh, there's going to be the pastors from the district there. You're going to be able to uh, connect with the camp speakers. Uh, if you sit towards the front, if you're down there, uh, you're going to, they're going to be walking around at the end of service. They're going to be greeting the ministers. They're going to be seeing your friends. And it's just going to be an opportunity for you to stand there and, and listen to their conversation, listen to what they have to say. Uh, sometimes if I'll hear, if I'll see uh, a minister that, that I esteem highly and they're talking to a group of guys, I'll just you know, kind of walk up in the back of the circle and just kind of join them and just, just listen to what they have to say. And sometimes you can catch things that they, they may not even be intending to say in your life because... You're just there and you're listening. So uh, I don't think it's wrong to go up and if they're talking to a group of people, just to stand on the side. Or if you're sitting down at lunch, uh, you could ask them, hey, can I pull up a, a chair and just listen to what you guys are talking about? And, you know, if, if, you're, if they don't want you to be there, you'll know it soon enough. They'll get up and leave or, or they'll, they'll stop talking about something. But most of the time, they're talking about things that uh, – that would be of interest to you, and they see that you uh, are interested in them and, and wanting to connect with them, and, and they're going to make an effort to uh, to bring you in. So the fourth place, the fourth uh, C, would be 
conventions. Now, this is, these are uh, sometimes regionally, they're sometimes nationally, uh, like some of them be because of the times. Uh, there's um, conference, mark conference. Uh, there's music conferences. There's all kinds of things going on all over the place. So you know, these are these are places that uh, ministers will go. Uh, people that you might look up to and respect, they're going to go to these conferences. And and one of the things that that I would do and I have done uh, is to take somebody out to eat. Say, hey, you know, where are you guys going to eat? And if they haven't made plans, you could ask them and just say, well, listen. Can I take you to dinner and, uh, you know, just hang out with you a little bit? And, you know, if they don't have plans, you know, they may be glad to do that. Or if you see them at a conference, say, hey, you know, we already talked about it. They try to sit at their table. Uh, this is going to be an expense. They're, you're going to have to go to these places and, and put yourself out. It's going to cost you something. Uh, but those type of places are more specific uh, in their in their approach. So, if it's a young ministers conference, obviously there's going to be an emphasis on young ministers. If it's a music conference, obviously uh, the music people are going to be there. So you have to find out if that's the kind of place that you want to go and if those are the connections that you want to make. Let's talk about the one-on-one -on -one mentor relationship. And this is the most uh, involved aspect. And in, in, uh, one of the things that we have to consider is time frame. Is this a long-term or a short-term mentor relationship. Uh, for example, you know, when I was getting married, I had someone that I was talking to as a minister friend of mine, and, and I spent some time on the phone with them, and we were just talking about marriage, and how do I do this, and what, what you know, what do I need to expect, and how do I, what happens if this happens? You know, someone that walks me through uh, the early parts of my marriage. Now, now that I'm eight years into my marriage, you know, I don't really talk to that guy as much, because that was for a specific time. You know, is it someone who is going to help you through a trial? There have been people that I was going through a test and, and specifically uh, tr a transition in my life, and there was somebody that stepped in, and I called them and spent some time on the phone every couple of weeks just really helping me through that, that time of, of trial in my life. So uh, the other example of that would be maybe a long-term relationship, maybe someone that's more like a father figure. And one of those people for me is, was uh, Tim Dugas, a man who was my uh, Bible school president when I was at Gateway. He's been there through every major decision that I made. He was there when I came to Bible school. He was he, he was a part of my life when I got married. Uh, even though uh, even though I don't see him every week, even though he, you know we we don't talk every week, he still is a mentor in my life. That's been a part of uh, part of my ministry for the last ten years. So that's a, a major long-term relationship that I have. So you, you want to try to feel that out. Is that something that it, it, the time frame, is that something they want to commit to? They may not be interested in a long-term commitment. They, they may uh, shy away from that. If you said, you know, will you be my mentor for the next 50 years? Well, that may be a, a great commitment for somebody. Uh, so you may want to start with just once a month. You know, can we connect once a month for for maybe the next few months and, and just see what happens. Uh, that may be, you know, just a, a test, kind of testing the waters to see what happens. And also you have to think about the format. How are you going to interact with them? Are you going to do lunch? Uh, are you going to do it over the phone? Are you going to talk, you know, once a month? How are you going to connect with them? Are you going to meet at their church? Are you going to drive in? Are you going to spend the weekend? 
you know, and if, you, if you're going to take them to lunch, obviously you want to make sure to pick up the bill. You want to take their tab. You know, you're there to, to glean from them, and, and you've, entered, you, you've taken the step, and uh, you're trying to make this work, so you really need to uh, invest in that sense. So you have to decide on the format. How are you going to interact? You're going to interact through Skype. Uh, you're going to do some of these uh, through your phone. How are you going to do that? When you're setting it up, uh, the third part of this, you have you have time frame, you have format, and when you're setting it up, uh, you can call them, you can email them, and just connect with them initially and, and say, hey, look, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm trying to do, uh, when can we meet? And then what I like to do is I like to send them some questions. So here are five questions that I have that I want to that I want to ask you, and uh, for one thing, it'll keep you on track, and you won't get off on a lot of rabbit trails because you have a schedule of, of what you want to do, uh, and then it also will give you a foundation uh, for the conversation. So those five questions may lead into other areas that that they feel passionate about or or whatever, but but you need to identify and and. Notice that, that most of the things that I'm talking about are, are the responsibilities really on your shoulders. So most people that are very busy, uh, they would be willing to take the time, but they're, they're not going to, more than likely, they're not going to have uh, the time to set everything up uh, and to really, really, um, you know, unless you have a very, very close relationship with that person, you need to be the one that is putting out the effort. And so when you're setting up, you know, set a time to meet. Uh, be conscious of a pastor, that they have a schedule. Uh, they're busy. The elders, uh, you know, they, they do have schedules that they have to keep, so you want to be conscious of that. And then many of them keep office hours. So, so just be considerate in that sense. And what I like to do is give people uh, a few dates. You know, I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, uh, you know, I can do 10 o'clock or 2 o'clock. So that just gives you a starting point. So um, one another thing is being on time. You have to be on time. You have to uh, respect their commitment to that specific period of time. And I, and I like to, you know, try to set a time frame. That way you, you, you kind of get locked in, and if it works out, you can go a little longer. But really you have to understand that when you're talking to a mentor, there's, there's more than just we sit down for 30 minutes and we talk. Now they've had to get... To wherever you're going, they've had to, to cancel appointments or move things around. They've had to think about this the day or two before. They're praying about it. They've got you on their mind. They're trying to consider. So, so it's not just that time that you're meeting with them. There's also other time involved uh, that they're really trying to to get ready for for that meeting. So, being on time, be respectful of their time. Watch their body language. Uh, if they start pulling away or looking at their watch, you know, hey, it's time to go, shut it down. You can only get so much at one time anyway. I mean, you, you can't, you don't want to, uh, you know, to to push too hard. When you're asking questions, some of the things that, that are very important to do is ask open-ended questions. Uh, some of the, you know, some of the general questions would be, you know, what are your beliefs about ministry? Uh, how'd you get started? Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you think is important for young people or, or, or people in my position? So then you move from the general questions to specific questions would be, how do you, you know, how do you study for sermons? What do you do? What books are you reading right now? You know, trying to, to pick their brain uh, on a deeper level. 
So kind of in conclusion here, I want to just talk about change in the mentor relationship. Now, you may have a mentor for a certain period of time, uh, and then there may be times when you drift away from that person and they take uh, a different role in your life, and that's okay. Things change. There's times and seasons in your life, but, but God is still the same. God doesn't change. And his desire is to grow you and develop you and to speak into your life and to you have use people that are around you to minister to you and develop you. And that's the grace and the mercy of God. And and I really feel like like those of you that are connected uh with this with this um, conference call tonight that, that hopefully through some of what we talked about here, uh that it would be a blessing to you, that it would help you in your ministry.